0: Welcome to the Michigan Man podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On this week's show, we'll get a recruiting update and continue our preseason previews with Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. First, a few news and notes to get us started. Jim Harbaugh met with the media on Monday afternoon and was asked if the three players not present in the team photo were suspended. The three were freshmen Kareem Walker, Amir Mitchell, and redshirt freshman Shelton Johnson. Jim said two of the players were serving suspensions and that it was an internal matter he was not going to discuss. Several reporters wanted him to say more, but Coach said again he was not going to discuss the matter any further. So that's all we know about the suspensions for right now. Jim said the quarterback battle was tight and progressing faster than it did a year ago. He said that O'Corn, Spate and Morris have all been taking snaps and getting better each day. He said they're completing passes, running the team, they know what they are doing and they are competing at a very high level. It's been good. So we'll have to let it play out over the next few weeks and who knows when we'll find out who the starter is. It might be on September 3rd when the offense takes the field against Hawaii. There were no injuries to report in the first week, which is always good. The team went with pads for the first time on Friday and get more into contact drills this week. Coach Harbaugh's media session was the first of fall practice and it is unknown when the next one will be. Before we get to Steve Lorenz, just a minute to tell you about a new interactive app that will hit the market in September. It was designed by the team that brought us Madden Football and EA Sports College Basketball. It's free and in mid-September will be available from Google Play and iTunes. It is so different from any gamer app we've seen before and it could change the way we watch and interact with our favorite sports teams. For a sneak peek or more info, email playitfirst at at yahoo.com and very importantly, include your cell phone number. That's playitfirst at at yahoo.com. And don't forget your cell phone number. Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports joins me next on our game day segment here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. Back with us on our game day segment this week as we do two things, uh, a little recruiting talk, and also continue with our previews of the upcoming season, is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Uh, Welcome back, Steve. Hey, Mike. Always good to be on. Well, as we know, the team has been practicing for a week, and we'll get to some of that talk, what little uh, there is to talk about that we know of uh, that's going on behind closed doors at Fort Schembechler. But let's start with uh, some recruiting chatter, Steve. Uh, you and I haven't talked since uh, the barbecue at the big house. From all accounts and from tweets coming from that event by prospects and other folks, it sounds like a, a it was a very successful barbecue.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, they did secure the verbal commitment from Toledo four-star James Hudson uh, on the Monday after the event. Um, but with the barbecue at the big house, the the guest list was was a very very elite group of players in the 2017 class uh, I I don't think you were going to see any of those top guys the Peoples Jones the Najee Harris the any of those guys are not going to commit or flip a commit or anything like that at the event I I think what the purpose it served was mostly about maybe setting the foundation going into the season going into official visit season uh, for the coaching staff and and they've put themselves in in a really great position with a lot of great players.
0: Well, you and I talked about this, I think, in uh, July, Steve. We didn't expect that there would be a lot of commitments for the class of 2017 coming out of the barbecue, but as you said, it sets the table uh, for the staff. A lot of kids from the class of 2018 were in attendance. From what you hear, did Michigan uh, move the meter or make some gains with uh, many of those kids?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, You know, they had a Big-timer Micah Parsons, the Penn State five-star commitment, backed out at the last second, I think it was due to a family emergency, uh, would have been a a significant visitor for them. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, you know, the 18s and even the 19s also, uh, they uh, actually, uh, randomly enough, the top two offensive tackles in the country in the 2019 class uh, by 24-7 sports are both within the state of Michigan. Uh, Both of them were at the event and uh, both now have Michigan offers. So, uh, you know, those two guys, uh, Logan Brown out of East Kentwood High School over here in Grand Rapids, and then uh, Devontae Dobbs, who's uh, out of Belleville, Michigan, right right outside of Ann Arbor, uh, are two, two names that, you know, we'll probably be talking about two years from now maybe. I don't know. Um, but guys that were also there, 19, 2019 guys that are going to be major targets for the staff going forward. So a little geographical luck there uh to have two really elite offensive linemen right inside the state there. Um but yeah, I mean 17s, 18s, 19s, Michigan, Michigan did really well with everybody, I feel like.
0: I know it's tough to say after the event especially this soon after the barbecue at the big house uh, how much of an impact it had on some of these kids. You really don't know until uh, not only signing day in February but the next February.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with these elite guys, they're going to they're going to wait out the process um that's why like i said it, it really comes down to, to setting the foundation and and again i mean these guys are usually going to end up gravitating towards schools that win uh so michigan's going to have to keep winning football games they're going to have to have another nice season this year uh to secure the 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 signings of of pretty much most of the big names that were there uh, last week and so you know it's it's interesting uh because it's you know we always have like kind of glowing positive reports after these types of events, because I mean they're always the kids are always going to have a really great time. Michigan's a great place, the coaching staff has done an excellent job in selling the program and selling themselves um, but really uh it's just one step of of many when you're trying to get the top top guys in the country
0: well, one of the names that was in attendance uh, at the barbecue was Nadja Harris, correct out of California
1: yeah, the Alabama commit
0: yeah the Alabama commit. He was uh, tweeting away, and uh, of course he made a lot of news because uh, he was here. Do you think there's any real chance uh, Michigan can swing him away from Alabama? Uh,
1: I think there's a chance, yeah. Uh, I know Michigan felt really, really good uh, about the impression they made with with him, his mother, uh, and his assistant coach. Those are the three that that came in. Uh, If you recall, Michigan held one of their satellite camps at Antioch High School, which is where Harris goes to school, uh, back in June. Uh, the visit was kind of secured then uh, for them to come up there and, and check Ann Arbor out. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things that depends on who you talk to. I know earlier in the process, those around Alabama thought his commitment was pretty shaky. Uh, at this point, I think the feeling in Tuscaloosa is a little more secure with him. But, again, you got Michigan, Ohio State, UCLA, USC, I think Oregon, uh, even Cal. Cal's right up there in Northern California. Uh, he's familiar with that program. Uh, his recruitment's not over. And and again, depending on who you talk to, Michigan may be the school with the best shot to flip him from Alabama, but it's, it's far from a certainty that they're going to be able to do that.
0: In less than a month, Steve, uh, the season gets underway and a lot of these kids will be making official and unofficial visits uh, to games, not only at Michigan, but to other schools. Do you think we'll get some more commits during the season or a lot of these kids at this point, and this is the class of 2017 I'm speaking of, are they now waiting until closer to National Signing Day?
1: There's always a, a bunch of different factors. I mean, are they going to early? Are they going to enroll early? Uh, I know two guys, for instance, that plan to enroll early. That Michigan really is recruiting hard and have been for for over a year now. Donovan Peoples-Jones, probably the top overall target on their board, and then Ambry Thomas, the other in-state uh, star. Uh, both those guys want to enroll early, so that kind of affects that decision-making process. I think those guys will probably do it. You know, if I'm guessing, sometime after the, maybe their senior season, uh, you know, and in the state of Michigan, I think the state finals are what Thanksgiving weekend, mm-hmm. so probably like late November, early December. Uh, it could also depend on, you know, how many spots are left. I always kind of look. At, I kind of look at the offensive line. They have four verbals. They're in excellent shape with like five or six guys out there. Uh, if if another one kind of jumps in, you may see a couple guys maybe speed up their timelines. You know, in just in case they they don't want to lose a potential spot. You know, if Michigan's the place maybe they really want to go. Uh, So that's always a factor as well. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about like a Harris, like we already talked about Harris, probably like a Darnay Holmes, the nation's top cornerback. Uh, Those kind of guys, uh, they know that they're going to have spots at any program in the country whenever they want to take it. Uh, So I think the guys that can afford to wait are going to wait. Uh, They're going to make a big announcement out of it, a lot of publicity, that type of stuff. Uh, so, you know, it is, it's a mix and match, you know, early enrollees, limited spots available. And then, you know, the guys that, that can afford to take it all the way.
0: Well, this class, the class of 2017 in very good shape right now, some real heavy hitters on the board, uh, as you and I have discussed, do you still see this class finishing as a top five class, Steve?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I think the ceiling for this class is like higher than maybe I even thought it would be, uh, earlier in the process. Again, uh, you know, we've talked about Michigan's schedule. They should have a really nice season this year. You know, if they can get past Michigan State and East Lansing, I think the the table would be set for maybe a potentially really special season. And uh, that that always brings in returns uh, on the recruiting trail. I mean, there's, you know, probably – six or seven five-star level prospects that Michigan's at least in the conversation for, I mean, are they going to sign all those guys? Probably not, but I mean, they're, they're really set the table well early on They've they've got a nice foundation uh, of guys, I think they're up to 19 verbals. Now Uh, they have a nice foundation now to, to focus more on, on kind of those top guys we were talking about, the guys they can afford to wait on for the most part. So, uh, you know, I always look at, here's the way I always look at the recruiting rankings. You know, Alabama's always going to be up there. Uh, Ohio State's definitely going to be up there this year. Uh, LSU is another program that always seems to sign a top five class just because they own the state of Louisiana. And then there's always kind of another SEC school that's in there. I think this year it'll be Georgia is going to sign a great class. So, you know, those four schools are probably going to be somewhere in the top five or six. And I think Michigan uh, is maybe that one other program that that can enter that mix. Clemson, too, maybe.
0: Well, with us on our game day segment this week, as we continue our previews and also uh, do our August recruiting update, is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Steve Practice has been underway for a week now, with uh, the team getting into pads for the first time on Friday. True to his word, Jim Harbaugh is keeping media contacts to a minimum, or I should say zero. As of today, we're recording on Monday, Uh, the Big Ten Network caravan rolls into town and that should be fun, uh, but we aren't going to get much in the way of information, if any, from this hour of television, are we, Steve? Oh,
1: no, I'm sure we'll get zero. I mean, <laughs> people, will, people will, like, chew on the tiny crumbs that, that we may get. Um, but as far as, you know, substantive, like, information that, that really means anything when they take the field in, in a few weeks, probably nothing. Um, you know, I don't even think Harbaugh spoke to the Big Ten the the guys, the Dave Revson and Donardo, and the guys that show up. I don't even think he spoke to them on the studio set last year. So you know it'll be interesting to see if he does this year. Uh, I do know one thing though is he Harbaugh is scheduled to meet with the Michigan media tonight at 7.30, So uh, or at, I think seven o'clock. Again, are we gonna get anything? Probably not not probably nothing of, of really of note. Uh, you know I think the one thing that was interesting to me at Big Ten Media Day and it does shed a little light on maybe why Michigan approaches it the way they do, as is, is Harbaugh talked a lot about pressure on the players. Uh, you know, you, other programs around the country, I know for us at 24-7, most of our affiliates at, at other programs get almost unlimited access to the practices and stuff. And uh, it kind of opens up, you know, the, the door for criticism or, you know, critiques and stuff about, you know, who's performing well, maybe who's not and stuff. Uh, You know, I think Harbaugh's message at media day when asked about it kind of spoke to, you know, it's a lot of it's about protecting the players. And, uh, you know, the way I kind of look at it, you know, it's disappointing that there's not a a wide open door. We can go watch practice and stuff like that. But the Harbaugh program, the the Michigan program under Harbaugh has been pretty good to the media, I think, overall, as far as like the Jordan release and the satellite camps. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to to cover Michigan and, uh, you know, to to see what's going on and stuff. So, uh, you know, for them to get a few weeks in in the submarine, as they always like to call it, uh, I don't really think is the end of the world.
0: No, you're right about that, Steve. Uh, From a media perspective, uh, there's been some progressive things uh, done by the uh, the Harbaugh staff since uh, the regime took over, if I could say that. Uh, I know it's frustrating this time of the year uh, especially to you guys and to beat writers to try and uh, get stories when there's really no access. Uh, and, you know, it's funny about that in this media-intense time we live in, and there are not many big-time football programs or coaches. I mean, look around what's happening right now around the country. Not many that could get away with this type of uh, submarine trip, are there?
1: Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, I know, uh, you know, our other writers across the the 24-7 network, you know, are, will be live shooting video of the team's practicing and stuff. And, you know, they're only, I know it's certain programs and probably most of them, you know, they're obviously only allowed to see a certain portion of the practice. But again, it's those crumbs that people just want and, and demand, you know, it's, it's really about the demand. And uh, with Michigan, there's just limited to zero supply uh, to kind of wet the appetite uh, of the, of the, the average Michigan fan. So uh it, it's, you know, I think it's earned, like I said, uh, they they opened themselves up to the media in a lot of different avenues uh, the last couple of years. And, you know, I, I again, when when he started talking about protecting the players from criticism, from maybe undue criticisms and stuff like that in a practice setting... Uh, I, think it made a certain, I think it makes a certain amount of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense, actually.
0: It sounds like the players have a different take, though. I thought it was interesting. Last week, I had Chris Wormley on the show, and I asked him about that. I said, uh, you know, how do you guys feel about that submarine mentality that we hear about? And he said, you know, hey, we enjoy it. It gives us time to bond. We're out of the spotlight. And Coach Harbaugh takes the pressure off of that. And you know what? From a player perspective, it's tough to argue with that, isn't it, Steve?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, his Harbaugh's personality is is one that can kind of be a lightning rod, or or uh, you know, can absorb all of the the publicity and and all of you know everything that goes on around the Michigan program. You know, and there's there are only a few guys in college football I feel like that can maybe take that same approach. And yeah, I mean, the players, this is perfect for them. Uh, they they love it. I can tell you that firsthand. Uh, this is what they definitely prefer. Uh, You know, I don't think they'd want reporters kind of nosing around or having to do a bunch of media stuff like after practice and stuff like that. So, you know, and and again, it's uh, the way I look at it, I think it'll benefit the team on the field uh, this fall. And so people should, and media maybe or whatever, should, you know, maybe kind of look at it in a more optimistic, you know, light. Again, I mean, they'll come out in a few weeks. It's only 19 days away, you know, so they'll they'll come out and then it'll all be over after that. And uh, people can get excited about the season, but uh, you know, I get I get why the like media, you know, like us included, you know, it can be frustrating a little bit sometimes. But in the grand scheme of things, like I said, I mean, they've been pretty good to us uh, as far as just a lot of the unique opportunities and, and unique angles we've kind of gotten to see the program.
0: Well, Coach Harbaugh said heading into fall camp that the competition for the quarterback job is uh, going to be fierce, and everyone, of course, is so focused on finding out who that guy's going to be. Do you think we'll have to wait until September 3rd to know who gets that nod under center? Would you be surprised if somewhere in between now and then he makes a statement?
1: I would be surprised uh, for a few reasons. One, I don't think he wants, I don't think he cares to really make that public. And two, I mean, it, everything we've been told is it still sounds like it's really close. Um, you know, I think a lot of people still assume that John O'Corn is going to win the starting job, but I can say that Wilton Spate is is right there. I know for a fact he was leading coming out of spring. I think Harbaugh probably even said that a couple times, you know, and, and you know, I think Spate used that momentum to to catapult himself into fall camp. Uh, I know he was a guy that we listed this morning as somebody that a few people said were standing out, uh, you know, the first week. So, you know, a couple of people said O'Corn too, which again kind of leads back to where I don't think this is over yet. So I'd be surprised if we knew beforehand uh, it'll be interesting to see who wins because they're two very different quarterbacks uh, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, what way they want to go. I know Fish made it pretty clear at media at the team's media day last weekend that they want to have a guy. There's not going to be a, this isn't going to be a committee. They're not going to, you know, they want to find a guy and they're going to stick with that guy. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, and again, I, I, I kind of think the quarterback race personally a little overrated for a couple of reasons. One, I think there's so much skill. There are so many players at skill positions returning that whoever wins will have plenty of players to get the ball to, and those players will be able to do things. And two, you look at what Jake Rudock did against Utah last year compared to what he did against Florida. That was in very short work with working with Harbaugh. Uh, O'Corn, Spate, Shane Morris, even Brandon Peters, like all those guys have gotten more time uh, to work with the staff. Uh, then then rudock did and, and like i said you know now rudock is playing decent football in in the nfl right now so you know I, I think uh whoever wins will be as about as well prepared as any quarterback in college football could be you know given the system the continuity to you know they're running the same system for the second year in a row which for even like again i don't really think we're not predicting shane morris to win the starting job but for a guy like morris who's been there now for this will be his fourth year It's so the first time he's ever ran the same offense two years in a row you know, and so the same could be said for Spade as well. So I, I think whoever wins that job is is going to be in a great position to succeed. You know, regardless of who they choose.
0: Well, since the spring game, all we've heard about really two names. Every time we talk about quarterbacks, it's uh, Wilton Spade and John O'Corn. Of course, Shane Morris redshirted last year, and Coach Harbaugh mentions him when he mentions. Uh, the competitors for that position. But from what you know, from anything you've heard, Steve, is he really a player in this race for the starting quarterback job?
1: I'd be very surprised if it was not one of John O'Corn or Wilton Spate on September 3rd. I'd be very surprised. Uh, again, I mean, those two guys got the most run in the spring game. They're the ones that have been taking all of the snaps with the ones and the twos over the last week. You know, I, I think those two guys. Are, i think it's a two-man battle in my opinion uh, i think next year even brandon peters would probably be a guy that would would contend for that job but uh you know right now yeah i i i really don't think it's going to be shane um i kind of think shane's a, a victim of circumstance uh you know this is his third offensive coordinator i know when we ranked him out of high school he was ranked very highly. And I think he was ranked very highly because the tools were there for for him to be a potentially great quarterback. Uh, he wasn't really a refined product necessarily. And he's gone back and forth between systems and coordinators and, and really, in my opinion, never really got the chance to to soak and learn from one coach for any length of period of time. And so, you know, he's he's always been kind of an interesting player to me. Uh, I think a little too unfairly criticized. I think, and again, that part of that's due to the recruiting rankings, like what we do. Um, but I know at least at 24 seven, I know when we ranked him high, it was based on what we thought he could be. Uh, you know, some guys like you look at like a Jacob Eason last year, or a Shea Patterson, a couple of guys that were five stars were guys that could were showed enough to where they could walk in and play right away. Morris wasn't that type of prospect at the time. And uh, you know, so it's, he's had an interesting career. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And uh, but but I don't I don't foresee him maybe being the guy this year for them. No.
0: Well, Steve, I think by now um, all of us have seen uh, and read way too much in uh, the preseason magazines. Uh, the hype that's out there. We've all seen what the pollsters think, uh, for what that's worth, of course. And the bottom line is, for all of us, uh, for most of us, I should say, that's fun. Uh, but the reality is, we are not going to know much about this team until we. See them play against Hawaii, or even longer? Are we, Steve?
1: No, I mean, you know the the, the hype thing. People should embrace it. I mean, any, you you return three All-Americans, I think sixteen starters. You won ten games last year. You put any name a team on paper that has that stuff coming back, and and there's legitimate reason to believe they could win the conference. I mean, I think people are jaded by what Michigan's you know maybe hasn't really lived up to their expectations under Rodriguez or Hoke, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they're returning maybe more experience across the board than any top 10 team. And, uh, you know, have a, you know, sort of a guy at, 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 with Harbaugh who can coach the quarterback position as well as he's shown, uh, historically, you know, which kind of uh, negates a little bit of the maybe downfall of having a, a first year starting quarterback, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I, I the first part of the schedule sets up really nicely for them. I mean, whoever does win that starting job is going to get amp is going to have ample, ample opportunities to uh, learn the system in a game in a game style, you know, scenario, and and you know, kind of get it acclimated, you know, to the offense, you know, kind of develop some chemistry with the receivers and the backs and and everybody. And I think it'll also give the staff a really great chance maybe to see some true freshmen that could see the field early. I know, you know, obviously Rashawn Gary is going to play right away, you know, but there's some other guys out there, you know, I think that they're looking at who who could play early as well. And, uh, you know, you get Hawaii, UCF, Colorado. I mean, those are games that Michigan should win handily, and it'll give them an opportunity to really kind of see what they have. Yeah, so, you know, I I think, uh, again, you're never going to take any opponent for granted, but, you know, they're all at home, they're all. I think UCF didn't win a game last year. I know we talked about Hawaii will be traveling from Australia uh, after their first game, so they're they're going to be beat uh, when they get there. Uh, you know, I, I, it's it's really going to be a combination of they're going to want to win, obviously, but kind of learning what they are. And 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 again, like you said, I think you're right. I, I don't think we'll really see what this team is or or what they're capable of. You know, maybe until like Wisconsin or Penn State come to town.
0: Yeah, and, and as we said, the first uh, five games are at home, first three games probably give us an opportunity to uh, experiment, get a lot of the young uh, kids in there or some of the young kids. But then comes Penn State and Wisconsin, and to me, very tough tests uh, even at home. Given the fact that uh, you have those two teams and, of course, the first five at home, there's still a pretty good chance the team could get out uh, of the gate at 5-0, and and that would be very good.
1: Yeah, I, I don't... I don't see it in Wisconsin or Penn State. You know, Penn State really actually reminds me a lot of Michigan under Brady Hoke. Right now, the offensive line there hasn't really come together yet. Uh, they have a new offensive coordinator who run, is running a completely different system than what they ran last year. They also have a new starting quarterback. You know, I, I, Penn State's a really interesting team because they have, like, I think they have the best running back in, in the Big Ten in Saquon Barkley. He's he's amazing. Uh, and they, they probably have the second, or, you know, them in Michigan, Michigan and Penn State may have the best two wide receiver core in the Big Ten as well. I mean, they got uh, Saeed Blacknall, Deshaun Hamilton, Chris Godwin, you know, I mean, they they have some weapons, but offensively, I still don't think they're there. Uh, Wisconsin's also getting a new starting quarterback this year, too. Uh, But, you know, the thing with Wisconsin is it doesn't really matter who Wisconsin throws out there. They always Mm -hmm. seem to You know, kind of challenge. uh, You know, so that game will be interesting. I think I think Wisconsin will provide a little bit of a stiffer test uh, than Penn State will, just because I think the the matchup for Michigan defensive line versus offensive line is is going to be a major major mismatch, kind of like it was last year. I think Michigan's defensive line really, you know, took that game over, uh, especially in the second half last year. And again, there just hasn't been enough tangible progression on Penn State's end offensively to to think that it's going to change. That quickly.
0: Well, final question for you, Steve. In just three weeks, we'll get some answers not only about Michigan, but about the other uh, teams in the conference. Do you think, from top to bottom, the Big Ten stock is uh, on the rise, or will it take bowl wins against good teams to keep changing the perception of the Big Ten on a national level?
1: I I think it's definitely on the rise. I'm interested to see what Nebraska can do going forward. You know, Mike Riley has done a pretty good job recruiting for them. If they can put together a, say, like, Eight, eight win season, eight nine wins maybe if they can do that. Uh, I think their recruiting will maybe take that next step for them. Uh, you know, Michigan State is not going anywhere until Mark D'Antonio moves on. I mean, that's just it's a reality at this point. I think Michigan fans that think that the hardball hire is going to mean that Michigan State is eventually going to become irrelevant is such a naive thought. Uh, you know, I think at this point D'Antonio could could throw out a a JV team and they would challenge, uh, you know, a lot of teams in the big 10. I mean, he's, he's got to be one of the top five coaches in college football. And then of course, I mean, Ohio state's never going to go anywhere. And with Meyer, I mean, I, I I look at Ohio state as, as kind of a well-oiled machine right now. Uh, they're clicking on all cylinders on the recruiting trail. I mean, they always have, but right now, I mean, it's even at a different level, and, you know, they have a great quarterback in JT Barrett. I know they lost a lot of players in the NFL draft last year, but, you know, with Barrett at quarterback, you know, they're, they're, and they they're reloading. I mean, they're, they're not a rebuilding type program. They graduated a bunch of guys, but they have a bunch of studs that were waiting to get playing time behind them. So, you know, by the time Michigan and Ohio state meet in November, I think the fact that Ohio state lost a bunch of guys to the draft is, is going to be irrelevant at that point. I mean, you'll be talking about guys that have played, you know, 11 games and, and probably at a high level. So I think the Big Ten – I'd say this. I think the Big Ten has three of the five best coaches in college football in Meyer, D'Antonio, and I I do think Harbaugh is one of the the five best coaches in college football. You know, what he's done and what he did in the NFL illustrates how great of a coach he is. Uh, You know, so when you have great coaches, you know, there's always a shot. And, uh, you know, it'll still kind of be up to some of those middle programs. You know, like I talked about with Nebraska – you know, can James Franklin take the next step at Penn State? I kind of have my doubts, but, again, they're, they've recruited pretty well, so there's always a possibility. Uh, Wisconsin, again, I mean, you're talking about, what, three state straight Rose Bowls under Bielema. I mean, they were maybe the Big Ten's best program for a few years there. You know, can they kind of rebound and, and come back to being a 10-win, 11-win team year in and year out? So, um, you know, the SEC is always going to get the hype. They, the, they recruit better because more concentration of talent in those areas um but i think the big 10 is is in a better position now than they have been in, in quite some time because of the coaching the, the high quality of coaching at the top and those middle level programs are starting to recruit you know at a, at a top 15-ish you know type level so uh yeah i think the big 10 is, is looking pretty good right now uh,
0: and i agree with you too steve our guest here on our game day segment as we uh, have uh, done our August recruiting update and previewed the upcoming season, uh, Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Steve, uh, it's always great to have you on. Uh, we don't get much out of Fort Beckler or, or preseason camp, but the recruiting news continues on and on. So we, uh, we thank you as always for your time. My listeners can't get enough of it. So we'll get you back on in September for another update. Let's enjoy the start of the season, and we look forward to our next visit.
1: Appreciate it, Mike. Appreciate it, as always.
0: Wolverine Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. On Quick Hits today, one more preview show left before we get to game week. Believe it or not, I know most of you can't wait for that to happen. So I hope you will join me again next week and every week during the season. We will have a lot to talk about once the season gets underway and great guests for you each week. Last year we tried something new with the show during the season and it met with overwhelming approval from you guys. So this year we're going to stick to the same format. On Tuesdays we'll have our Michigan Game Day segment with one of our beat writers or broadcasters then on Thursdays our visitor segment with a writer or play-by-play voice covering that week's opponents. And it's never been easier to listen to the show during the season. Our free show app is available from iTunes and Google Play, and this fall we join the roster at iHeartRadio. Another great app that carries the show is Wolverine Sports Radio, again, available from iTunes and Google Play. If you like to listen on your PC, just go to www.themichiganmanpodcast.com and click the play button. It's as simple as that. Like us on Facebook at the Michigan Man Podcast and follow us on Twitter at the Michigan Man. My phone lines are open 24 7 for your maze and blue thoughts at 313 263 4842. That's 313 263 4842. Call anytime. Or you can email me at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. Before we get out of here, I'd like to tell you once again about a new interactive app that will hit the market in September. It was designed by the team that brought us Madden Football and EA Sports College basketball. It's free, and in mid-September will be available from Google Play and iTunes. It is so different from any gamer app that we've seen before, and it could change the way we watch and interact with our favorite sports teams, including our Wolverines. For a sneak peek or more info, Email playatfirst at yahoo.com and include your cell phone number. That's playatfirst at yahoo.com, and don't forget, include your cell phone number. That will do it for this week's show. Thanks again to Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for being our guest. We'll be back next week with our final preseason show, and after that, it's time to talk Hawaii and the opener. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next time, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!